Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Good morning, everybody. Nine oh, well, almost nine oh nine on KDXU. I'm Andy Griffin, the Andy Griffin Show. It's a Friday, beautiful day, uh, kind of hot even. It's going to be ninety three today. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, I have <laughs> another radio host likes to call these guys. What is it, Manny Mullen Jack or something like that? I don't know. But uh, I have the county commissioners on. These are guys that have all become good friends of mine: Gil Almquist, Victor Iverson, and Adam Snow. Guys, thanks for coming in today. I know that uh, you guys have busy schedules, but it's sure good of you to set a little time aside for us. Good morning, Andy. It's good to ha- it's good to be here. Thank you. Adam. Thanks for having us, Adam. Gil. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. Gil just got his, uh, his, uh, his burden lifted a little bit uh, last Sunday, huh? Uh, life's a little easier? Well, it's going to be missed. It's bittersweet. But, you know, I've had <laughs> great opportunities uh, to lead in my church. And yeah. now it's somebody else's opportunity. So, yeah, I guess you don't get as many blessings, but at least the burden is a little lighter, huh? Well, a good blessing is to be with my wife, Jill, more That's true. often. That's true. Good point. Uh, the reason I asked these guys in, and I didn't include Adam on the text because I didn't know if you knew uh, Corey Pulsifer for that well or not, and, but I'm glad you came too, Adam, uh, and I saw on your post online that you did know Corey pretty well, but a uh, uh, good friend of all of ours, uh, longtime sheriff, longtime sheriff's deputy, uh, Corey Pulsifer passed away yesterday, and I thought it appropriate. We spent just a few minutes talking about Corey uh, what he did for Washington County, uh, the time that he spent, the stories about him. I, you know, it's funny. I've known Corey. Uh, he was a mission mechanic in my in the Philadelphia mission way back in 1986. And uh, just to kind of start things off, a story I had about him was uh, as a mission mechanic, he would inspect the cars, fix things, do everything that that a mission mechanic would do when you're on a mission. And uh, he had discovered that one of the missionaries, a good friend of his actually, had been rolling back the miles. You only get a limited number of miles on your mission cars and had been rolling back the miles on his car. And Corey was faced with a moral dilemma. He had a good friend who did something wrong. And as the mission mechanic, he discovered what the guy had done wrong. And he had to figure out how to navigate that tough situation that he was put in. And I'm happy to report Corey did the right thing. He, he talked to the authorities while well, the mission president about it. And the missionary didn't get sent home, but he got in some trouble. Got actually got put in a bike area for a while, which is a good punishment. Uh, but uh, And I think, honestly, now looking back, that maybe was the start of Corey's law enforcement career. Right, guys? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Vic, you want to go first and maybe talk a little bit about your experiences with Corey? Well, yeah, thank you, Andy, and, and condolences to the Pulsifer family. It's yes. just uh, what, a, what a great family and, and his beautiful wife, Kathy, and their beautiful children. And, and uh, Corey was a, was a determined fighter the, yeah. all the way to the end. I mean, he, he's actually um, exceeded all of our expectations as he, as he dealt with this in a very positive way. At the same time, you know, it's, it's a very it's troubling but anyway my experience uh with cory really goes back to 2010 when he was running for sheriff i was mm-hmm. helping him 
then-candidate uh, Senator Mike Lee, run for U.S. Senate. And uh, we decided to kind of combine our campaigns and, and uh, do events together. And that's where I really got to know Corey and become a good friend with, of his. And I, and I have to tell you that, that I really credit Corey somewhat with me being in the county commission because one parade, I think it was a Veterans Day parade, he pulled me aside and, and told me, hey, uh, Commissioner Drake is, is not going to run for re-election. And, hmm. and we had this conversation and kind of struck in me that that um, desire to, to throw my hat in. But I'll tell you, um, Corey was a person who cared deeply. And uh, he was the type of person who was good at going out, and, and he cared about people that were in crisis. And so a memory that I really have is is the flood in Hilldale, that tragic oh, yeah. event. And I can remember um, hearing the news and just wanting to do or be or, or be of assistance in any way that I could, even though I knew that I'd probably get in the road. I called and and uh, it was it was it was nighttime by then. I went out and and Corey's um, had the entire uh, search and rescue team out on the field, uh, out searching waist deep in mud. Mm. And uh, Corey was taking supplies and water up to him, and I rode with him. And he was he had also been out in the mud all that night. And um, but that was Corey. That was, that was Corey. And and throughout those days, and there was there was a week or so there. Where, where resources were coming in, his fellow sheriffs were, were sending people in. It was a very emotional experience to watch Corey in that crisis and, and see how deeply he cared about people that he didn't know yeah. and how he wanted to rescue them and give them, give them any sort of relief that he could. And for those of us who knew Corey, that really was Corey. That wasn't a, a, you know, a different experience. That was, that was who Corey was as he, as he led the entire sheriff's office and... and um, as we worked with him, that was what my takeaway from Corey's life is, is, is how much he cared deeply about the individuals. Yeah, people, he like you said, that he didn't even know. Yep. Uh, very impressive. Uh, uh, Corey Pulsifer was a, a good guy. I made this statement earlier on the radio. Uh, I never heard Corey say anything bad about anybody, which was is, yeah. is pretty phenomenal. Because if you hang around me, I'm probably going to say something bad about someone, usually in private, not on the radio uh, for sure. But uh, And uh, to, to have that attribute is, is pretty phenomenal. And uh, again, he'll, he he will be missed, Adam. If you have a minute, maybe if you want to talk I, about your yeah, experience absolutely. with Corey. Thanks. So my, you're right. I haven't gotten to work with Corey as much, uh, given that I've only I'm the newest commissioner, only been in here seven months. But he, uh, I did get to work with him. So I was before this, I was working for Congressman Stewart as his director, and mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, right. When I started, we had the saddle fire up on on Pine Valley, and I didn't know that many people uh, as far as local officials or anything. And I'd met Corey once or twice, but uh, he pulled me aside and he said, "Hey, we've got these F-16s out of Nellis flying up and wow. and and passing by, and we're trying to keep our helicopters. And every time they get too close, we're they're kind of military, so they they live in their own world there and, right. and don't always obey the same rules we do. And we've got the firefighting helicopters. Can you?" get Congressman Stewart to, to call Nellis and, and the Secretary of the Air Force do something to reroute these planes. Wow. And I said, sure. And I didn't know what I was doing or how I could <laughs> even – what I, how do you call the Air Force, right? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm trying to work on it because Congressman Stewart was actually out of the country for a while, so I couldn't get in touch with him. And about three days later, I got in, in touch, and I called Corey back and said, hey, I, I, uh, don't worry. I already, I, I've, I'm on top of it. I think it will be fixed soon. He goes, oh, oh. I didn't realize you were still working on that. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I just took care of it about an hour after I told you to do it. 
Uh, and he, he called a few people and made some other connections, and he called somebody in Nevada who got the governor who got Zanellis, and, <laughs> and really quickly, Corey had already solved it himself, and I'd been spending days on trying to learn what, I, what it was I was supposed to do. And that, for me, and we, we got to interact many, many other times, but that, to me, was typified Corey in that he just got stuff done. He was able to, he did care a lot, as, as Victor just said, but, but my experiences were always that he, he figured out the problem and he went right to work to figure out a solution for it and usually was the first person to get that solution. So uh, he was an asset yeah. to the community for that reason alone. I don't, I don't know that I ever, uh, thank you for the story, Adam. I don't know that I ever saw Corey with a beard until the last few months when he, uh, when he, after he retired. Uh, and it was weird to see with hair on his face because, you know, police officers usually don't have, if they do, it's a mustache and that's it. Uh, but uh, it was weird. But I know this, the fish of Washington County probably breathe a sigh of relief now because Corey has passed on. And so they don't have to worry about getting caught by uh, one of the great fishermen in, in uh, Corey Pulsifer. Gail, did you have a minute maybe to talk about Corey? Well, you know, I've known him a lot longer than my association in county mm-hmm. with him because I was his state president for nine years. Nice. And so even though we knew each other slightly before that, I saw a different side of Corey, not dissimilar from what we're talking about, his giving nature and wanting to solve problems. But behind the scenes, he was always asking his bishop, is there anyone in need? Is there something I can do? Wow. Can I secretly? He didn't want to be, you know, he wanted to do the, the door dash, you know, and whatever yeah. it was. And I saw that even up to just a few months ago where he went through his garage and he found a bunch of scouting things. And he loves scouting. Yeah. And he said, are there any scout troops still functioning in our stake? And I said, there is. And he said, wow, could I get this to them? It was some Dutch ovens and things that his family didn't really see any immediate need for. And he was cleaning out. He saw the saw the day coming. But... That was his giving nature, and man, he gave away a ton of stuff to a, a really deserving scout troop still functioning. And I, I, I don't think anyone's mentioned his culinary talents. Mm-hmm. Um, and see, I didn't know this. So yeah, about eleven years ago, when I was bishop, I was asked to go up to a young men's outing that included all the steak. Mm-hmm. And we got I got there a little late after work, but in time for dinner, and I found my group. Uh, but they said, if you really want something, you need to go down to where the fifth ward is. <laughs> and I said, okay, why? He goes, Dell and Corey have put together a five-course meal really? that was tri-tips and you name oh, it, man. grilled pineapple. And that was Corey. He wanted to feed people. He thought that was a great way not only to show his talents but to also let them know how much he cares. It was great. Corey Pulsifer passed away yesterday. Uh, I had one story. It's a little personal, uh, so if you'll bear with me, I might get a little emotional. But I, I want to talk about uh, I re- it, it was weird because Corey and I, we were friends from back in our mission, but we didn't, we didn't hang out together. We, we weren't together a lot, but it seems like every couple of years our paths would cross for one reason or another. Uh, this was back in the, in the mid-'90s. Um, my brother committed suicide at, at my parents' house in New Harmony. And uh, at the time, Corey was a sheriff's deputy, and he was the first responder there. Uh, And um, my parents talked about how kind he was, first of all, when he got there. And then I I got there after my brother had shot himself, and he was still laying in the living room, you know, passed away. Uh, 
And my job was, number one, to try to calm my parents down. We were up in the kind of the front part of the house away from where they were investigating. Uh, and um, besides calming my parents down, my job was also to call my other siblings and let them know what had happened and everything. Uh, and, uh, of course, the, the sheriff's department is there. They're doing their investigation. They're marking where the shell casings were and, and things like that. Uh, and... Um, I'll, I'll never forget, Corey came to me. We were in kind of the front parlor away from where everything was. And he said, he came to me and he said, hey, Andy. And, you know, we knew each other enough to know, to talk to each other by first name. And he said, hey, Andy, uh, we're, we're done with our investigation. We're getting ready to take your brother's body and put it in the bag and then load him into the coroner's, uh, coroner's uh, van. He said, would you like to help? And I was, I was just like, Wow. You know, because I, I didn't, it, it hit me kind of upside the head. I didn't think that I, I could be a part of it. But he, he said, would you like to help? And then he said, I thought maybe you would like to do, you know, maybe do one last thing for your brother. And for Corey to think of that at that moment, he knew what kind of pain we were in. He knew what had happened. He knew everything about, you know, the situation. Uh, and, and for him to come to me and say, hey, would you like to do this one last thing? I was really touched by, by at that moment. And, and I was able to go and do that and, and help them, you know, load my brother, brother's body and, and put it in the, in the van. But uh, for Corey to think of, uh, think of that at that time was really special to me. And I don't know that he even remembers that. Probably, probably did. Uh, but, but for me, that, that really said a lot about the kind of guy he was and the kind of character he had. I'm sure he'd been in other situations like that. I never had, though, and it really meant a lot to me. I think that story really kind of represents who Corey was at his core and his character. Um, you know, I, I was looking through some pictures, and there was one picture that really stuck out to me. It was, a, it was before a parade, and we had our, our former commissioner, Dean Cox, and um, he was sitting there in the in this convertible, and Corey was getting ready to drive. And Corey and, and Dean had that very close relationship, you know. And, and uh, of course, we lost Dean earlier, about tw- yeah. what about nine months ago. But um, you know, they used to go out on all these repeater stations, and um, and just had that real bond. And so, you know, I kind of I kind of saw that as as you know them being in heaven. And I do have to admit, along those same lines, if, if you're aware, I lost a daughter, and <laughs> and uh, Sheriff Pulsifer was one of the first that <clears throat> came to the viewing there. And um, we talk about the fish that'll be safe. Um, you know, one one personal commitment we had was that he was going to do some fishing up in heaven. So anyway, he's just a, a phenomenal human being. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal human being, absolutely. Um, if you have thoughts, if you'd like to call in, uh, we, we just kind of, I wanted to dedicate this first segment to talking about Corey Pulsifer and what he meant to the people of Washington County. If you want to call in, if you have a, a story, please, as a, some kind of positive note, uh, we don't, you know, we don't want to talk politics yet. Well, well, there will be time for that later on in the show. But right now, if you have a thought and you'd like to call and uh, mention something personal about Corey Pulsifer, the phone number is 673-5890. You can text me anytime, too, at 435-467-5842. Uh, uh, Vic, you mentioned um, Dean uh, and, and Corey and, and the special bond that they had. As I think about those two gentlemen, I start thinking, okay, what am I doing wrong here? Because I want to be like those guys. W- what can we learn from from losing first Dean Cox and then Corey Pulsifer? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Because I kind of feel like I need to step up, step things up a little bit after losing these two quality gentlemen. What do you think, Gil? They're both very kind. Mm-hmm. And they, and they took their time 
to think things through. I also never heard Dean say anything bad about anyone. And I saw that Corey, when Dean passed, felt like, because he knew his own diagnosis, and they were doing a lot of things that were different. They they had different ailments. Mm -hmm. But I think Corey saw from what the family issues were with Dean and how they loved their father that he started immediately to draw his family closer as well. And even though there were times when he still kept up his job, he was concerned with making sure his connections with friends were there as well as as family. But both of them very kind, family-oriented, loving, loving everyone they came in contact with. So both similarities, and it was noticeable in, in Corey. Wanted to work to the end, but wanted to also make the best of those those days left we uh obviously everyone in this room has a belief in a in a higher power and that that, you know that right now those two gentlemen we just talked about are are in a better place uh but at the same time it's tough when you're here because uh you're gonna miss them you know you're gonna miss the effect they had on you you're gonna miss the the uh smile and the the good attitudes that they had about life and and so uh, it's a hard thing i lost you guys know i lost my mom last year I uh, think about her every day. I've got her picture on the wall here, and uh, it's it's uh, it's a tough deal because, like I said, no matter what you believe or how strong you believe things, it's hard when someone that you're you're really close with is gone. Uh, and I, I don't even know where I'm going with this, except to say that maybe you guys can help me, and we all maybe need to comfort each other a little bit in in this situation. Andy, I think one of the things that I take from it, and others take from it, is just first of all the temporary state of life right mm-hmm. and uh, and both dean and and um Corey had had more public profiles but what we're not what we're celebrating today is is the individual and yeah. and each there's there's families all over this county who are maybe have lost a loved one recently or, or struggling or and and we just need to celebrate those moments that we have together and and recognize that we can, we do all have a positive impact in this in this world, and um, I think that's that's kind of the the lesson I take from it is just how important it is to celebrate the time we have together, and um, and recognize that each one of us are, are making impacts in our in our family in our community and and um, and to the best of our ability we should be trying to make that a positive impact and and those of us that are in policy positions none of those things really matter at the end uh, yeah. i mean they are quality of life issues that we're fighting for here and but in reality it's it's down to these individual kind of interactions that we have with one another there was a, a silly little story on the news today about uh can't remember the name of it, but uh, if you haven't had enough sleep, you can actually convince yourself in your mind that you're not tired. If you go around all day saying, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, you're, you're going to act like you're tired. But if you go around all day saying, you know, I had plenty of sleep, I feel great, I'm going to get this done. And, and that's kind of a, a little bit touch, is related to what you're talking about, Vic, is attitude is everything. How, how we act, how we treat, how we behave. I've told the story before on the show, but uh, early in my sports writing career, I covered a game, uh, I think it was out in Hurricane, actually, uh, out in your, in your area, Vic, but uh, they had Hurricane's quarterback, their, their starter had been hurt, and so for the next game, they were starting this little sophomore kid. 
15 years old, couldn't even drive a car yet, and he was quarterback of the varsity football team. And I remember covering the game, and I was new to Southern Utah, so this was a long time ago, this was 28 years ago, uh, but the kid threw five interceptions in the game. And my story the de- next day in the, in, the, in the Spectrum newspaper was about how this kid threw five interceptions and he cost them the game and how terrible he was and, and all this stuff. And I remember the next day getting a call, uh, first from his coach and then from his mom, and, uh, and, you know, Saturday morning for a sports writer is not a good time usually to call. First of all, we're up late working on stories. Second of all, if somebody's calling you Saturday morning, you know you did something wrong. Uh, but uh, both the coach and the mom were, were actually surprisingly understanding to me. But they said, you know, you could have approached that a different way. And the coach pointed out, he said, the guy threw five interceptions. Three of them were the receiver's fault. The receiver turned the wrong way. He threw it where the guy was supposed to be. But he's the guy that got credited with the interception. He said one of them, yeah, he screwed up. He just made a wrong read and threw a bad pass. And he said the fifth one was just a great defensive play by the defensive player. He said, but you blamed all five interceptions on him, and, and you, you made this kid, a 15-year-old kid, feel like dirt. And, and I, I just remember thinking, you know, I can do this a different way. I can cover things a different way. Instead of focusing on the five interceptions that this kid threw and the fact they lost the game, I could have focused on uh, how good the uh, the defense played, how they were still in the game even though they had a lot of turnovers. And, and I actually, at that at that time, on an early Saturday morning back in, I think it was 1994, I had, I had decided at that time to be a positive influence in my writing and, and also in my radio career and, and not to to try to drag people down. I think that's, again, one of those things. We talk about Corey and, and Dean. These are guys that had a positive influence on, on their sphere. You know, people that they touched, people that they were around, they tried to make their lives a little bit better. I don't want to always be hogging the microphone, so I'm going to let others. But um, <laughs> but what you just described is, is kind of the impact that Corey had in my life. I'm a better person because I mm. knew Corey Pulsifer. And, yeah. I, and I think that there, there are people all across this county that can say the same thing. And we talk about his, his man, he could cook a mean pancake. <laughs> I've did, honestly, the best pancake, and I'm a pancake connoisseur. Okay. The best breakfast I've ever had was cooked by Corey Pulsifer. So <laughs> just, a, just a wonderful human being, and, and just I'm a better person because of him. And Washington County has, is a better place because he served as a sheriff. Guys, we've got to go to commercial break quickly. Any any final thoughts on uh, Corey Pulsifer? I know I hate to wrap it all up like this, but uh, we need to move on. But, Adam, just a yeah, quick I, final thought. I'm going to admit that I'm upset because uh, for Dean and Corey because, one, they get to go hang out right now. But, <laughs> two, is that uh, I told Dean I would run, but only if he promised that he would always answer the phone whenever <laughs> I called and had a question. And then he passed away, and I've not forgiven him for this. And uh, And – Corey was supposed to take us all fishing this week, this month, and uh, I love to fish, but I don't do it well. Mm, and Corey so did. I was yeah. really looking forward to Corey imparting some of his lifelong wisdom of fishing, and <laughs> uh, and that's not happening. And I have not forgiven him yet either, so I'm upset still. I promise you, he would have imparted some fishing yes, wisdom. He would. Absolutely, we'll go fishing in his memory. There you go. There you go. Final thoughts, Gil. I sat in his living room one time when I was running, and it was against Dean. And it was a moment that he said, I really want to endorse both of you. But we were running (laughs) against each other. And he said, would it be okay if I just tell you right here I'm going to endorse Dean? Hmm. And I said, absolutely. That's your prerogative. You know Dean. It was a great race. And I've told you before on the mic that uh, it was the best election I ever lost. Hmm. Because I would eventually get to work with Dean. 
When I won, Corey called me that night, and he said, I want to tell you that after two years, I am at peace because <laughs> now I really get to work with you. Yay. And, and I <laughs> said, awesome. thank you so much. You know, it was a great... It was a great memory for both of them to be involved in my life. Yeah. Any thoughts, final thoughts, Vic, before we, uh, before we let you go? No, just um, like I said before, I feel blessed to have known Corey, and uh, he was just a wonderful person, and the deepest condolences to his, his family and his wife and, and his brothers. Amen. Washington Agreed. County Commissioners, Vic Iverson, Gail Almquist, Victor Iverson, I should say. Uh, do you prefer Vic or Victor? I never did find that. However you okay. want, Andy. Mr. Iverson. Uh, <laughs> no, please, please, no Mr. <laughs> Gail Almquist and Adam Snow. Guys, thanks for taking a few minutes today and, and coming and honoring Corey uh, uh, the day after he passed away. Thanks for inviting Thanks for having us. All right. Uh, we've got the weather break coming up, and then uh, we're going to talk about a couple of interesting topics. I just want to thank you for listening to News Radio 890 92.5 KDXQ. We are your home for BYU sports. The latest news. I'm Greg Neff from the KDXQ 24 Hour News Center. Here's what's happening. It's a- my show, The Andy Griffin Show. Welcome to the program. I'm Andy. Thank you for tuning in on this sunshiny Monday. And of course, the best of conservative politics from around the globe with the Travis and Sexton Show, John Hannity, Ben Shapiro, and Mark Levin. You can find it all right here on News Radio 890 925 KDXQ. Hi, everybody. We're talking with Troy Paul from the Barbecue Pit Stop. The Barbecue Pit Stop is located at 180 North, 300 East. That's right behind Napa Auto Parts on the north side of the boulevard. Let's talk about different types of barbecue cookers. Now, I have a Yoder, a pellet smoker. I also have a pit barrel, which is charcoal. Mm-hmm. What else is out there, Troy? Sure. Well, there are lots of different types. Um, most people are probably familiar with like a gas grill. This would be like your Weber or whatever it is. You have propane, maybe natural gas. Um, that's what most people are familiar with and have used forever. Uh, probably the most popular recently um, would be pellet cookers. And that would be like your Traeger. Camp Chef makes some great ones. Uh, Yoder, like like what you use. Mm-hmm. Um those are probably the most popular now with smokers because they're so easy to use. Now we have different types, some other charcoal cookers um, that are out there. Each of them has a different good use. So if you want a gas grill, that's awesome, and we can supply those, and we've got some really excellent ones. If you want a pellet cooker, nobody has a better selection um, than we do or expertise on that. Um, We are a Traeger Platinum dealer. Um, and so if you're interested in pellet cookers, then we know them inside and out. Um, but basically, gas is great for quick, convenience, hot and fast cooking. Mm-hmm. If you want to smoke foods, then pellet cookers are really simple now as well, but they, they add so much more flavor. It yeah. now tastes wood-fired as opposed to... Uh, you know, gas fired. <laughs> You're not going to get a burger in 20 minutes, but I'll tell you what, what you do get when you get it is pretty amazing. Oh man, it's so good. And it's, they're just so easy now too. They have them with Wi-Fi and all these different things, but they're, they're incredible. If you're looking for just more information on that, come on into our store. We can talk you through it for sure. So Troy, let me ask you this. Does it matter which brand of pellets you get or, or are they all the same? It, it actually matters quite a bit, Andy. Really? Yeah. And they all look the same and you think, oh, a pellet's a pellet. Um, but the difference is the type of wood that they use is going to provide a different combustion. And so some of them are going to be more efficient. Some of them are going to just produce a lot of ash. 
mm-hmm. not great flavor or consistency. Some of them can be harmful to your oven that you're cooking with. It'll start to jam the auger or different things. So you want to make sure that you have a good pellet that has a good wood base on it. And the place to get those is at the Barbecue Pit Stop. It's 180 North, 300 East, right behind Napa Auto Parts on the north side of St. George Boulevard. Thanks, Troy. Thank you, Andy. Nine thirty-eight. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in to the show today. Great to be here again. Sad news: the Corey Pulsifer, longtime Washington County Sheriff, passing away. Uh, I know most of you probably didn't know Corey, but I can tell you, and uh, I don't know the current sheriff or Nate Brooksby very well, but I can tell you that uh, the old sheriff Corey Pulsifer was a great guy and had uh, had the kind of heart of a guy who. Uh, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sure you're gonna say, well, he was a sheriff and he didn't get paid. No, he got paid, and I'm sure he got paid very well. That's not what this is about. I, I'm just talking about a guy who uh, was okay, not okay, was was happy to serve, and spent a lot of his extra time serving other people, not getting paid, not doing it because he had to, doing it because he wanted to, and uh, that that to me that was uh, really hopefully the message we tried to get across and thanks again to adam and vic and uh gil for coming in and uh and just kind of sharing some stories about uh cory pulsifer uh again if you want to call and be a part of the show we'd love to have you on the show at 673-5890 is the phone number uh, a couple of things uh, in the news today uh just kind of made me go huh uh, first of all, uh, before we get to those, I did want to mention it is National Nurses Day and National Nurses Week. And having been in the hospital uh, three times in the last year, I can tell you these nurses do some amazing work. Uh, you know, you get paid. It's the same thing like, like with Corey. They get paid to go to work. They get paid to do the minimum requirements of, of doing their job. Uh, for it's a nur- If it's a nurse, you know, you get paid to... Uh, check the blood, to do the blood pressure, do all those things. But every nurse that I've had uh, in my times in the hospital uh, in the last year, every nurse that I've had, they didn't, you know, do the minimum. They they, they went out of their way to put the effort in and, and really do a, a good job of making sure that uh, the patient was, was comfortable and was good. And so I, I salute nurses all around the world and certainly here locally, uh, don't want to forget about nurses that work in local doctors' offices and different places that I've had the opportunity to spend some time lately as we try to figure out what's wrong with my uh, leg. But uh, again, uh, I salute the nurses, and uh, really, I think that uh, they they kind of go above and beyond, not because they have to, but because they want to. It's one of those jobs that financially is okay. Yeah, they do all right, but emotionally is is uh, is is tough. Imagine your job. What I don't know what you do for a living. Maybe you're in lawn care. Maybe you're in. Uh, you run a business. Uh, for me, I push a lot of buttons during the day. I do a lot of recordings. I do uh, some writing. Um, I, I go to meetings. Oh boy, meetings! I go to way too many meetings. Uh, but uh, there are certain people whose job entails uh, dealing with life and death, and. Uh, it's it's not it's not an easy way to to exist if you have that kind of job, and so and I I say this for for one specific reason and that's because I couldn't do it and and so 
when I when there's a job, and I've had the opportunity to have those types of uh, of jobs, and I've even uh, had types of jobs like that, and it's it's tough. It is tough emotionally to know that you're going to deal with not only people die, but people who are very sick, people who are at the very worst. If you're in the hospital, you're just about as bad as you can get as far as physically, and you can let that get to emotion, uh, you emotionally. And, and for nurses to do what they do, uh, I just uh, I, I really salute them. Um, the, 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 the big news this week has been the leaking of the uh, justices' notes on, on abortion. Uh, Justice Alito, uh, somebody leaked the papers never i won't say never's been done before it's been done like twice in history and uh it it the whole thing smacks to me of desperation by the democrats the the if you think about what's happening in the democratic party right now what what do they have to run on as we come up on this election this year what what are the elections have to run on the economy ooh no not that one uh, foreign relations uh, not so much. Uh, being endorsed by the current president, who has the lowest approval rating of a sitting president in not a hundred years or so. Well, 50, eh, whenever World War II was. And anyway, uh, now that's not it either. So, in my mind, it's not about what was in those papers, and they want to make it about that. They want it to to come down to uh, do Americans think abortion should be legal or not? Uh, and yes, that's a huge issue. And yes, it will be addressed if it comes to that. But that's not the issue here. The issue is somebody saw the Democrats in dire straits and decided they had to throw this out there as kind of a Hail Mary to try to save uh, save the Democrats. And, you know, I had a friend who posted on Twitter yesterday, and they posted a story uh, of a friend of theirs who had a uh, was pregnant with a child who had a tumor. And the child was, uh, you know, they, they they had two or three tumors during the course of the pregnancy. Now they were at 27 weeks, and, they, and another tumor had shown up, and this one was big, really big. And there was, the chance of the child living was, you know, 0.1% or something like that. The tumor was affecting, in fact, they, they, the, baby, the baby wasn't even going to go to full term. And so this story that, that they told, they said that... Um, we wanted to get this child out before she died in my womb, and we wanted to spend a few minutes with her before she passed away. And they said, but because we lived in the state of Texas, this was considered an abortion, and if we did it, we would be breaking the law after 27 weeks. So we had to take the baby early and uh, probably wasn't going to survive more than a minute or two, which is what happened. And uh, we will ever, forever have on our, on our uh, records or whatever that, uh, you know, we had an abortion. And the, the, the gist of the story was, you people who are pro-life, this is what you're fighting for. And I just, I, I remember, and I didn't answer, and I'm not that, that type of person to, to answer and be inflammatory online, but uh, I thought to myself, so you're justifying the murder of children, millions of children, by one anecdotal story about a lady who had a baby with a tumor. And I'm not trying to be heartless about the, about the lady and her baby with a tumor. I, I really am not. I, I understand how heart-wrenching that is. 
But at the same time, you know, so what, I guess is what I'm saying. Not so what that your baby died, but so what that you've been classified as being a person who had an abortion. Who cares? Uh, is, is that quote-unquote sad story going to change my mind on how I feel about abortion? I think that was the goal. I think that was the idea from this friend of mine who posted this story was to change people's minds about fighting for abortion law. And, and it didn't work. If anything, it, it, it firmed up my resolve that abortion is still and always will be wrong. It's murder. It's uh, unethical for all human beings to end the human. And, and, and pro-abortion people will say, well, it's my body, my choice. It's not your body anymore. If you made a baby, it's, that's a different body. It's a different person. And when you abort that baby, when you kill that baby, that's murder. Flat out murder. All right, then let's go to the phone line. Seth, what's up, man? Um, I agree with you 100%. 66, and I can't really get a good number. A million uh, lives have been destroyed. Yeah. Two live cells come together to make something that's dead that you can kill until it's born and maybe even afterward. It's, uh, uh, the, uh, I can't find anything in my Constitution that says it's uh, okay to kill children before they're born. Yeah, I'm with you, yep. And uh, for the uh, Corey and, and, and the family, I've been friends with Corey. Uh, he would answer my telephone calls, and he uh, prompted me to address the county commission in person about extending the role of the sheriff in the county so that we could be more efficient. And when I would call, he would be the first person to pick the phone up. And so I have a lot of respect for Corey and and what he did. And uh, uh, I'm sorry to hear that he has passed. And uh, I I agree with everything that's been said about uh, him. And uh, that comforts me in the passing of my parents and family members is that we're eternal creatures. We're eternal beings here temporarily in a school to try to learn how to be better people. And that Corey and all those people that have passed are still exactly who they are and doing their mission and making their progress in life. Very well said, uh, Seth. Very, very well said. Mommy, might be the best thing you've ever said on my show. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, <laughs> are you going to give me a few minutes? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I ask? You got two minutes left, and then I got to get this last commercial break in. So two minutes. All right. Uh, I want to mention the Bishop's Warehouse. People think that only members of the church can go there, but they they are. um, I went a few weeks ago. The shelves were empty. I bought all of the remaining uh, beans that were there. There was a computer glitch. They couldn't go through it. Uh, A few days later, um, the, the shelves were stocked, and they have things like rice and beans and sugar and carrots and all professionally prepared, 25-year life storage, hmm. nice people who want to help you. And they're, apparently Tucker Carlson is listing about 20 food producers, factories and the like, that are suddenly exploding, burning, and uh, the sprinkler systems don't work. So wow. uh, with the trucking, with the price of everything, with inflation... Let me suggest for the 500th time 
if you don't have adequate food and medicine and all the things that you might need, probably now is the time to go get it because I think the handwriting is on the wall. Yep. Well said. Thank you. Appreciate it, Seth. Great job. You bet. Bye-bye. 949 on KDXU. Let's get a break in. We'll be right back. All right. Okay. Yeah, I hit the wrong button. Sorry about that. I got a text during the uh, commercial break, and I think it's apropos. They called me out. They said, look, you just talked about how the real story is uh, that the notes were released uh, uh, from the Supreme Court justice before anything had ever been decided. And then you proceeded to talk about abortion and how bad it is. I fell into the trap. Uh, the, the very trap I was talking about, we need to not fall into, and that's the trap of uh, the smokescreen, the, uh, you know, get the, the uh, what is it, bait and switch, or whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, where they get you thinking about one thing instead of about the real issues. And so, uh, you know, as, as I look at what's, what's happening there, the, the, the fact that they, whoever did this, and I think it was big, I think it went from the top, somebody, you know, high in the Democratic Party, said, hey, we'll pay you X amount of dollars if you'll uh, get these notes. Imagine if you're an aide for uh, Justice Scalito uh, and you're making dollars $70,000 a year and somebody says, look, I got $2 million for you, a lifetime plus of money all at once. All you have to do is put this in an envelope and mail it to the local newspaper or TV station or radio station or actually you don't even have to do that. Just leave it sitting out somewhere where it can be found. That little, that little court person, the little clerk or whoever it was that did this. And we don't know yet. Maybe you never know. Who knows? Uh, they're probably going, let me see. I could toil away and be the good guy and do the right thing for 60000 a year. Uh, and maybe the rest of my life I might make a million bucks. Or I could take the two right now, get fired, uh, disappear on a... Heck, I could buy an island and go live on it. And all I have to do is, is something silly, like leave the notes out or mail them to somebody. Yeah, I think I'll do that. I'm not justifying what they did. I'm telling you what their mindset probably was. Uh, and now what you have happening is exactly what the Democrats wanted. You have pro-abortion people uh, out there finding the home addresses of the justices. They're picketing at their houses. You have uh, civil rights groups threatening to riot. Antifa is back. Yeah, they're talking about rioting at the sites of these protests. And we're going to have uh, riots around the country uh, totally distracting us from what really we should be thinking about. And that's somebody somewhere did something really wrong by releasing these notes. All right, uh, got a couple of minutes left. Uh, you're on with Andy. What's up? How are you doing today? Good morning, Andy. I have just a couple of short comments about two topics you've been talking about. The first one is, uh, this uh, this uh, leak of Alito's uh, opinion, it's important to realize what Alito's actually saying. It has nothing to do with abortion. It has everything to do with states' rights. It's a return to the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Roe versus Wade True. was horrible law, and they're about to reverse that, it looks like. And so all these people are making such a fuss about abortion, you know, legal, not legal. This has nothing to do 
with that. This has to do with the state that you live in making that determination for the citizens of that state. And so if you live in California, don't worry, you're still going to be able to get it uh, regularly and cheap. If you live in Florida, uh, not so much. And so that's the point of all of this. It has nothing to do with making it illegal. It has to do with returning us to constitutional law. Yeah, good point. And I'm glad you made that point, because that's exactly it. It's about the states deciding. And and those people that are really, really upset about abortion, hey, move to California or move to one of the states that uh, that is going to let you do it. Exactly. That was what the founding fathers gave us. Five or 50 now, not at the time, of course, 50 test beds. If you don't like what's happening in the state, you have the ability to move somewhere where you agree with what's going on in that state. Uh, Roe versus Wade currently today, it's forced upon us. Yeah. And so this is a good thing if it actually uh, comes to be. We're returning to the Constitution, and that's always a good thing. The second comment I'd like to make is uh, uh, this is apparently uh, Nurse Day. or uh, Yeah, nurse National Nurses Day. Day. Yeah. yeah, and of course, that's a very important thing. But I'd ask you, Andy, who has done more for the health of society than doctors and nurses? Who has done more? Uh, is this a rhetorical question, or do you no, really want to? Oh, it's an absolute, and it's a truth. And once I, I say it, I think you might agree with me. Okay. So why don't we celebrate Custodian Day or Sanitation Day, the man who comes in, or woman who comes and picks up your <laughs> trash, or your plumber? See, sanitation was the turning point uh, in, in our health. You know, before we didn't know about... Uh, infections and so forth and once we discovered that a lot of these limbs that were being lost in the civil war wasn't because of their injury it was because of infection yeah and if we're going to have a nurse's day which i I have several people in my family that are nurses and i highly respect them however if we're going to have a nurse's day why don't we have custodian day or plumber's day or sanitation worker day because those people every day unglorified, uncelebrated folks that do their job every day, this custodian that cleans the toilet, uh, you know, down at City Hall. When are we going to have a day for them? Yeah, good point. Yeah, appreciate the comment. Thank you for calling in today. Thank you. 9.59 on KDX. I got one text here. I can't get my phone to unlock or I would uh, read it to you. Uh, All right, here we go. Uh, Why is there always violence when the left doesn't get their way? Oh, boy. I, you know, <laughs> that is so true. And that's what's going to happen. They're not going to get their way, and there's going to be violence, and uh, they're threatening. They're, they're going to pick at the, the justices' houses, and it's just sad. It's like the, it's like the, the, uh, the bully on the playground. It's like the little, you know, you, you, a bunch of four-year-olds playing around, and one bully, one four-year-old doesn't get to go on the slide first, and he's mad, and he starts punching the others. That's how the left is. It's sad, but uh, unfortunately, it's true. We're out of time. Thanks for tuning in. uh, On Monday, Jack Lancaster will be back. We'll talk all things uh, energy and other specialties of Jack. We'll be uh, back on Monday. Thanks for listening.